previously on Leadership is Tricky. I know you wanted to talk about a uh, leadership challenge that you're going through right now. I'm, I don't have the answers to this question, so we're just going to have to talk through a lot of this and see where it goes. But what does someone do that goes from a peer on a team or that working level action officer, you know, worker bee kind of person to being the formal leader on that same team? So you're the man now. A little bit more isolated from the team, just every on the day-to-day conversations. I th- but yeah, it's a little bit of isolation. That's kind of what I'm going through right now. And I'm coming up on 90 days mm-hmm. and I'm going to have some time away for the holidays to kind of reflect on the team where I think the team is moving towards and, and really ultimately my vision for the next you know six months to a year. Welcome to your podcast, Leadership is Tricky, where we'll tackle various topics, challenges, and experiences as it relates to your investment in leadership. So let's design success together. Now your hosts. Yeah, I think you you have a way ahead, and that's that's I think that's half the battle, right? Yeah. I mean, that direction piece is gonna be critical to get that alignment. I mean, the commitment piece, I mean, you, you can't make people be committed. Right. They're, You're right. They're going to have their own motivations and, and inspiration to, to get after things the way that they should. You see that plug for get after things. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think you have a good way forward. And, and I will tell you, it's, it's still going to be a challenge, you know, for you maybe over the next 12 months um, as you come into your own. You know, because one thing to note is this, this is also your first supervisory uh, position. So, um it's exciting, right? It's exciting because, you know, you've always been a leader in my eyes. I mean, you've always managed up and you've, you, I mean, you're, you have all of the techniques and, and, and competencies um, and you've always done a good job at exercising your informal leadership. I mean, I don't know how many times that you've, you've swayed my decision <laughs> hey, on something, it. but <clears throat> you do a good job at bringing people together to, to make things better. Right. So, um, I think that kind of plays into what we talked about in one of the earlier episodes, too, is you don't have to be in a position of authority to be a good leader. Not at all. Right. And and I think that you are a good leader. I think that you're in a good space now. I think that you have the formal leadership to help guide, mentor, coach, inspire, motivate, and whatever word you want to throw in there. <laughs> um, and, and I think you guys are going to be, you're going to be just fine. And I think just to kind of throw a final thought out there, my other idea that I really can't um, kind of wrap my mind around today is that that constant motivation with the team and you talked about it you can't really force anybody to commit to something Mm -hmm. because that's that intrinsic motivation that we've talked about that's so important I need to really understand how do I kind of cheerlead um, constantly communicate and just keep them aware of the number one, the, the quick wins and the small wins that we do achieve, because we got to build the momentum because we are really doing a lot of good things. And it's so easy to focus on the negative and the things that are blowing up in our face. We get the, the put the fire out email mm-hmm. that happens day to day. But we got to tell our story. I've been thinking about kind of a state of the team address somewhat like what the president does or any other local city council or whatever that they do. I think it's important to tell the positive story that we do. Obviously, there's always opportunities. There's always things that we could take advantage of and get better and get more efficient, um, streamlined, whatever. But if we can just focus on some positives and look at ourselves as this group of 
people that, you know, for whatever reason in this moment in time, we're together for the short amount of time it's going to be because as you always look in the past, and we've looked at that one quote from the office, you know, how do you know you're in the good old days until you actually leave them? I know I butchered that quote, but there's a really good one that, um, that comes from the last episode. It's always in hindsight you look at those good days, and I want them to realize that we're in it right now. Absolutely. And it was funny because when you brought that up, I think you brought it up like in the summertime um, when you texted me that and we talked about it. Um, I think about it all the time. You know, you you're in the moment right now and you don't want to miss out. Um, you don't want to miss out on an opportunity <clears throat> where you couldn't could have potentially inspired someone to be better or you could have listened to a story for them to, to know it's OK. Um, yeah. So I, I think that you should take some moments, you know, out of your your busy weeks or months uh, here in the near future and, and help one tell their story outward, yep. you know, to the customers that are out there, you know, receiving services on the backs of uh, the people that, that work for you um, or with you alongside you. Um, and then, you know, internal is just to let them know, Hey, these are, this is all the feedback that we're getting about everything that you're doing. And, you know, you know, employee one, you know, you've done, these things, employee three, you've done these things, employee five, you've done these things, you know, and I will tell you, not everyone is um, going to be a high performer and continuously produce big results, but all those little things that they do, you know, when you add it all up and you aggregate it all up, I mean, it's, it's huge impact on everything that we do day to day. So I think just letting them know that. um, That's why you look at sports teams are the best example of this. It's not the most talented team that usually wins. It's just the team that gels teams the best together, has that leadership that gives them that direction, alignment. They're all in it. They're in it for something bigger than themselves. They're not selfish. All those things that we talk about, that's kind of the ultimate goal, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, we want to win, right? But we all want to win together, right? So it's kind of that uh, kind of tagline that we have. Let's design success together. That's it. Yeah, let's just all be in it together and rowing in the same direction. That'll come from your your direction and and hopefully they'll they'll get aligned to that yep um what else um why don't you tell me because i'm probably not thinking of something so i will tell Tell you you tell me some blind spots i might have right now that you might have yeah um well maybe not me personally with who i am but a new leader in my position what are some blind spots a person in my position would have So, so i was fortunate to fail early um when I became uh, a supervisor for the first time and really started to come into my own as, you know, exercising leadership, um, it was probably about, man, I'm starting to about 15 years ago. <laughs> man, I'm getting old. Yeah. About it's 15. Nice to think about that. Those yeah. are the good old days. Yeah. <laughs> um, where, you know, I took over a team that was already established. Um, I came in on day one and I got the eye, like, who is this guy? Right. And I'll tell you, it was funny. My first day of work, no one talked to me at all. How'd that feel? It was odd. You know, <laughs> it, it really was. And you know me now. You like um, to observe, right? I, I Well, I didn't at that point. I was oh. hoping that people were going to, you, know, uh, <laughs> you know, take me in and, and help me and shape me. And, Put you under their wings, um, so to speak. But they didn't. So um, came in, met the team. It was a quiet, you know, first, second, third I think it was probably around Thursday or Friday. And it was like the end of the week. Hmm. And I remember it very vividly. There was a guy named Rob Smith, and you've met him. <laughs> he was one of our contractors on a team. He came over, made a joke, and said, hey, man, you've been sitting over here quiet all week. How can we help you? Oh. 
right? And uh, did the tears start flowing at that moment? No, nah, I gave him a hug though, That's and nice. he kind of looked at me odd, <laughs> like, <laughs> "Why are you touching me?" I just wanted someone to talk to. But <laughs> I, I found it very difficult because one, I was extremely young at the time. Let me see, that was back in two thousand. If you said fifteen, oh I mean, man, 20, yeah, it was 30. a long time ago. Anyway, um, yeah, it was it was just a difficult time for me to to. One, I didn't know how to be a leader yet. Hmm. Um, I, I knew what we needed to get done. Um, I've always been pretty good at that, is like dissecting, you know, where, what's our place in, in this, this larger strategy and then energize people um, to, to get after it. So after that moment, you know, I got my legs under me. And that following week and, the, you know, subsequent weeks after that, I mean, we really gelled. I mean, it was a really gr- a great group of uh, folks. And I, I won't say they were my best, but they were close, you know, uh, mm. of the, the team that I've, I've, you know, worked with throughout my career. So, um, but some of the blind spots are is just trusting your intuition, trusting your skills mm. um, and, and those things that, you don't know that you're they're your strength yet, right? You, you have to find that confidence to to trust yourself. Um, and I will tell you, there's a lot of times where I second guess myself, um, especially during that that time of coming to a new team. You know, they were used to doing things a certain way, but I mean, I, I had all the skills and competencies and knowledge to hey, get behind me, let's let's go. Um, and then also being able to take things in. Um, I will tell you, as a new leader, sometimes you can sit there and, you know, pump your, you know, you your chest full of air and not listen to people because you think you know it all because, hey, I've been entrusted to be this person. Yeah. Um, but I think you just have to, calm, you know, calm, calmly take a step back and take in feedback and criticism and um, understand that they have knowledge that you don't. You know, that's why they're there. So. Um, that, that's one probably one of the things I would I would tell you is you know be confident um, in your skills because you have them, and the other one is be vulnerable sometimes mm. um, and take in some feedback. Um, and it took me a long time to get to that point though is to take in feedback. Um, and, and I'll tell you another another point is I went from peer to to boss. So I went to an organization uh, with uh, one of my buddies. Um, we took a job at the same time, um, and they hired two other people um, at the same grade. And a year later, when they, or not even a year later, a few months later, when they were looking at who was going to get promoted, you know, I got promoted, my buddy got promoted, the other two didn't. Mm. That created a huge divide um, just because of just grade, right? And there was emotions there. Um, they ended up getting promoted. Um, so we were all peers again, and life was good. I mean, we were going out to lunch and hanging out. And then the following year after... Um, a restructure within the organization, I got promoted ahead of everyone, right? Out of the other three that were... I, okay. I did. And then a month later, um, my buddy got promoted. Hmm. Um, and there was a huge divide at that point because now, you know, we're division chiefs. Now the the other two folks are now branch chiefs that work for us. And there was a lot of conflict in, in that situation. And I will tell you, that's one of the things I didn't handle very well. Um because I went into it with preconceived notions of what I've seen already of the performance of the individual that then became my employee. Um, and I think my expectations of that individual was a lot higher than of anyone else on the team. And I don't know if I handled it the right way. 
Um, I, I, I couldn't take a step back and just say, okay, everyone's equal. Let's do it this yeah. way because we all came up together. And that's one of the things that I struggled with. And um, I, I'm better at it now, but, but it's also just understanding that now that you have the formal authority that you need then to level set the team and, you know, treat everyone the same way and have the same expectations going in um, and not use preconceived notions that you had or, or bias. I was going to say the was, word bias that we or just bias about. that was built, you know, <laughs> um, throughout the whole process. Wow. So No, that's huge. Cause that's actually something I've, I've made a, a conscious effort not to do. So I'm doing my best. I'm probably, you know, I've probably messed up a few times already. I mean, I, I'm human. Um, but you're, you're, you're spot on because there are folks on the team that I've had maybe more of a working relationship with versus others that are on the team that now I've now achieved that same kind of working relationship, but I did not work with them prior to. So there is a little bit of a gap just in the amount of time. If you mm -hmm. want to look objectively at that, um, it, it's still not fair to look at that to your point. They're all equal at this time and they should be. And even if they don't all achieve the same level of results versus another, um, it doesn't mean that they're all bad performers because we all have our strengths and weaknesses in what you bring to the ultimate result of what we're trying to achieve as a team. So, so I, I do this all the time. So when people say weaknesses, right? So I, I rather say they have strengths in developmental areas. Okay. Right, because I, I, people there's a, there's a negative connotation, connotation to, to yeah. weaknesses, and and I don't think anyone has a weakness. It's just a skill they haven't fully developed yet. Right. And I, I say it's a developmental area. And it's, it's funny. We, we talk, just I'm sidetracking now for, for everyone out there. But <laughs> I was listening to Gary V. I don't know if everyone knows who Gary very might have to share is. his channel. Yeah, I'm going to have to do <laughs> that. But he, he mentioned something the other day. He says, go hard on all your strengths. Forget about your weaknesses and developmental areas. And I challenge that. Hmm. I think that you, sh you should be aware of your strengths and you should continue on with that, but you should be really cognizant of your developmental areas and should really focus on that um, to, to help build that. Because then if you only focus on your strengths and overdone strength can, could become a developmental area. If, if All overdone. day long, yeah. I mean, that's kind of leadership development 101. They always uh, teach you that. It's just, it really stuck in my head the yeah. other day and I was really angry about it. So I've left comments. Well, maybe, it, so I mean, just to give him a little bit of the devil's advocate, maybe he's going in on what you said to me earlier, you know, know that I have these strengths and leverage the strengths and have confidence in those. Maybe that's uh, yep. maybe what he's talking about and not worry too much about what might be holding you back as a leader, as a performer, as a, as a whatever that you are on the team. Um, I want to hope that that's what his in in intention was with that statement. No, I love him. I mean, yeah. typically he says probably about 75% of the right things. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the other 25 is up for interpretation, but, but you that's know, what gets him followers. Absolutely. And... Got me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, no, I, I want to thank you for sharing um, all this with me. I know it can be difficult, and I know there's people out there that um, are probably struggling with the same thing. You know, I talk, um, you know, to, uh, and I'm going to say her name anyway, Shanita uh, White, uh, who is a informal mentee of mine. Um, she reaches out to me um, whenever, you know, she's going through a leadership challenge, and this was one of them. Um, and then one of the other things that, uh, you know, she, she mentioned to me the other day was along the lines of, strengths and developmental areas is, you know, because of her strengths, she gets a lot of the work, a lot of the cleanup work that um, is required of her. And one of the things I told her was, is like, one, I think that the manager or supervisor sees that potential in her mm -hmm. and 
sees that she has the abilities to then take a project that is probably failing, get it on the right track. Um, but the, her concern was that she's not placed in a position where she's leading a project. It's always on the tail end or mm. something's already underway. And I told her, I was like, look, clean up the action that, you know, because he's entrusted you or she's entrusted you. I'm not sure the sex of the um, supervisor, but they've entrusted you with coming in to fix things for them. Um, now just go in and lay out your expectations that, hey, you know, here's some instances where you've given me these things. Um, now I want to be a lead on something, you know. Yeah, I cradled a grave. You know, and then just express, hey, these are my strengths. I think I can take it, you know, from here to here so they can learn and grow from that. So um, I know I digressed a little bit. Hey, but- Shanine, if you're out there, take that advice. I can't say that enough as well. I think um, for anybody out there that might be that kind of cleanup hitter that Eric is alluding to, there's a lot of you out there. They're the dependable person that, you know, someone got said project, task, whatever, and they couldn't make it happen. And you're the executor and you can literally get things closed out or get them back on the right track. Um, you know, just go communicate what your not only expectations are, but what your goals are. If you truly want to be that, you know, point man up front or, or woman, sorry. Um, you, you should, you should be very clear about that. Don't hold back on what your aspirations are and just put them out there. And I think, so let's segue back to what we are, what we are talking about. I would hope that as a new kind of incumbent, um, peer to supervisor would come in on the team. Some of that information might be good to have, but also I would say me or anybody else that's facing the situation that I have, put that back on these on the uh, the other team members and say, hey, what are your expectations? Let's have that conversation earlier than later because the longer that that kind of goes down and you're you're not having those conversations, um, you know, just misinformation, misunderstandings, all of that miscommunication is going to happen, and then just bad things happen with bad assumptions. Yeah, because my mom. Um you know, she's an educator, uh, retired now, uh, retired educator, but she still teaches, uh, you know, um, students, you know, through other means. But um, she told me a, a while back that you have to be good at uncomfortable conversations. Mm. Um, you have to have the courage to sit there and lay out the facts um, with an individual um, and just have that moment of collision, really. Yep. Um, so that way you guys can get, gain more clarity on what's expected from, you know, not from a, just not just the employee to the supervisor, supervisor to the employee as well. You come to a common understanding of how we're going to proceed forward. But you have to have those uncomfortable conversations. Yep. Um, if not, you're just always going to end up with nothing. Right. If <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's just well, you'll let get, it fester. And it'll be everything on the surface. You'll never get past that, you know. You've talked about it when you ask people, you know, why are you here? You ask that over and over and over. Those easy surface level type answers never get you past that point where you're actually connecting with that person, getting their why, getting their their internal motivation structure and all of that things of, of why they are even on the team to begin with and why they're even talking to you. Yeah. And I, I asked that question, you know, just for everyone <clears throat> out there. So I have a technique where um, we have a professional dialogue and I learned this from Tim O'Brien at Harvard. Um, so he stands in the middle of the room and he says, you know, why are you here? You know, he'll ask you that question over and over and over again. And at first you don't understand it. It's annoying. Um, so it's pretty sure it's <laughs> annoying when I, when I talk to folks that I have a professional dialogue with them. Typically, you know, when we first come together, um, a couple times a year and I'll ask the question, you know, why are you here? And the initial response is always going to be surface, 
right? They're going to give me their resume. They're going to give yeah. me where they came from. I came here to do a great job in this What's role. the stuff that we're taught? It's easy. Right? And and I will tell you, and I will look at them, and I'll take it all in, and I'll ask them, hey, okay, so now why are you here? And they'll look at me like, wait, what? I just told you. No, you didn't tell me. You told me something, but you didn't tell me why you're here. Um, and it will go a few rounds of this until we get to that point of like, what's your purpose? Like, why are you truly here? What is your motivation to be here? And even when people tell me like, you know, I'm here because I want to make a difference. Why is that important to you? No. Oh, well, uh, uh, you know, and then we'll get to it where, you know, they'll give me their purpose statement in a sentence. Right. And then you're like, now we're getting somewhere. Now we're getting somewhere. And I will tell you nine times out of 10, there's tears. Mm-hmm. Right. People will break down because no one has taken the time to ask him that question or they never really understood why they were here. You know, why did you take this job? Why are you here in this moment? Why are you here on this earth? Um, and then we start, you know, then we can have the real conversation. And now I know how to help you. Now I know who you are. I know what your motivation is. And it might be a little intrusive. Um, yes. And I'm not a psychologist. so I'm not pretending to be that. Um, but we can get after some of the real work that needs to be done. Um, so that's, you know, some background to my, my method. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I, I think it's so impactful because you've done it with me and you've done it with everybody else that I know. And um, what I think people have the reaction they do is because, like you said, number one, people have probably never asked them that. And then secondly, it it's such a humbling moment in time where you've probably gone through the motions potentially your whole life. You've done everything your parents have probably told you to do. You've checked the boxes you think are the successful boxes to check. You know, go to college, get a good job, blah, 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 blah. Whatever that list is for you until you're put on the spot like you do. And eventually, if you get to that moment where you look at yourself, not only in the mirror, but just, you know, internally to that motivation of what's driving you to wake up in the morning and you're not fulfilling that, that's a humbling, humbling experience. Well, I think it also helps me with um, with my leadership ability to now help people. Yeah. Because um, I, I will tell you, what my purpose is to serve. And, you know, I'll say that over and over again. People will hear that through this podcast over and over again. My purpose is to serve. Um, that later on, when I see an opportunity for someone, I'll present it to them because, hey, remember that conversation we had on why you were here? I see this opportunity and I can help you get there. Yep. And one of the things I tell people all the time is I want you to do what you want to do. I want you to be where you want to be. I'm not selfish enough to say you need to be here working for me on this task. Look, these organizations have been here for many years, you know. Um, 40, 75, you know, you put a year we are not more, more important than this work. <laughs> no, I mean, at the end of the day, these four walls will be here. The, the ghosts of the past will be here. <laughs> the sins of the past will be here. But, you know, I can't make an impact on the work. The work is always going to be here, but mm-hmm. I can make an impact on the individual. And that we only get there is if we actually strip it all down to what's the real work that needs to be done. How yep. can we fix ourselves, fix each other? How can we be here for each other? And how do we know that if we haven't stripped all the way all the, what do I want to say? Facade. Yeah, the facade. Exactly. You know, the external persona that we want to put to the world. I mean, that's what it comes down to. This, It could be fake. It could be truly, you know, transparent and real. No, I mean, I everyone know, has it, right? You have the shooting stars and I would tell you not to, you know, you know, um, take credit for myself. But I mean, you have the people like myself, it's all about being results oriented and I'm, I'm going to go after it with all I got. Yep. Right. Almost to a detriment. Right. So you, know, you got the shooting star. Then you have the people that 
are okay with, you know, hey, I'm going to do just enough to get by and it's okay. I'm going to do my job. You have those folks. Then you have folks that are imposters, right? They come in and they have that facade. Um, you know, they, they have all this stuff on the surface, but when you dig a little bit deeper, there's nothing there. Yep. Those people exist in the workforce, right? And what I'm trying to do is to ensure that we all know who we are and I know who you are so that I can better help you. Um, you know, and yeah, it's just, it's just the bottom line. So, um, yeah, so I think we're about 47 minutes into this conversation. Hey, I appreciate it. What I'd like to do, though, it, this is part two of the segment. So um, thank you guys for, for tuning in. Uh, thank, thank you for you. hanging out with this horrible voice and coughing and whatever else you're hearing. So I thank you for hanging in there with me, everybody. Steven, thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your yeah. leadership challenges with, with me. I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll mark it on the calendar for maybe 60 days from now. We'll revisit some of these things, you know, your isolation, the communication, um, the appraisals, because we'll be in that window. Yeah, I would love to do that, actually. Yeah, let's do a retrospective kind of, you know, okay. what happened to Steve and Alec, and maybe that's what we... And let's open it up to others that are out there. I can't be the only one that's ever gone through this or is currently going through this. So if you can kind of relate to what I'm doing, uh, tell us your story. It doesn't have to be public. You know, Eric at leadershipistricky.com, E-R-I-C-K. Um, that would be a great way to get in touch with us or even through Facebook um, or any of the other .com platforms that we have. We have a feedback uh, page there now. Yeah, there's a contact us form on leadershipistricky.com. So go there. Um, you can even um, schedule some time and we'll dial you into this conversation and you can tell us your story firsthand and we can kind of deep dive that. We got so the technology. We do. We have that technology <laughs> to bring you in, whether it's uh, Skype, um, FaceTime, or we can call you directly um, to your landline or your cell phone. I don't even think people have landlines anymore. No, all except right. us. <laughs> so I'm digressing, but you can find us on all the major platforms, which is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Captivate.fm. We also are on TuneIn, uh, which is a paid subscription service. And you can also find us on a missing one, but it's okay, uh, Stitcher. <laughs> there you go. All right. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll talk to you guys later. So happy holidays. Yep. Thank you.